Two American college students on a walking tour of Britain are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. Is it the best werewolf movie of all time, or does that make us lose out on our potential Twilight fan demographic? Welcome to the Chamber of Chills podcast. Isn't this fun? Lovely stroll on the moors. Did you hear that? I heard that. What is it? You think it's a dog? Nice doggy. Good boy. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. A wolf. My friend Jack was just here. Ah! Told me that I will become a monster in two days. Your dead friend, Jack. Yes. You gotta believe me, David. Believe what? You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. A what? You'll become. I know. I know. A monster. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Chamber of Chills. I'm Adam Ragsdale. And I'm Cameron Long. And today we are kicking off our film review podcast with our top 50 horror films of all time countdown. And look, I know we haven't seen every movie out there, but we're going to give it our best shot. If we say something that you don't agree with, don't come for us. You're probably wrong. I'm just little. (laughs) I'm a little guy. I'm fragile. We... We are both obsessed with horror films. We both have Letterboxd accounts, um, and we both have our own individual top 100 horror film of all time um, lists on Letterboxd, and so we were like, we should just make a top 50 horror film of all time countdown podcast. Yep. So. Spoiler, my number one is The Grudge 2013. Yeah. What year did that even come uh, out? I try to block it out, I guess. I actually did block that entire year out because <laughs> of that movie. It was probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, next to the Nun. Anyway, sorry for so, your Grudge fans. Yeah, sorry Grudge fans and Nun fans. So today we're kicking it off with number 50, a classic that I sadly hadn't seen until Cameron brought to my attention. The 1981 An American Werewolf in London um, we have it at rank 50, uh, the year 1981, genres, comedy, and horror, which we'll dive into that a little bit more later, why it was both. And it's rating R, the director and writer was John Landis, Landis sorry, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie 1983, Three Amigos 1986, and Coming to America 1988 were also directed by John Landis, if you know those. Star cast members of this film, David Naughton played David Kessler, Jenny Agutter, Nurse Alex Price, and Griffin Dunn was Jack Goodman. It received one Academy Award for Best Makeup and Hairstyling 1982 Oscars. Rick Baker, he was actually the first winner of this category. We'll also dissect this later. Ratings it received IMDb 7.5 out of 10, and there are 115,000 ratings. Rotten Tomatoes 89%. The financials of the film budget was six million, and the inflation rate of that today would be twenty eight point five million. The global box office it did was sixty two million today. That's two hundred ninety four million. And the opening week U.S. and Canada it was four million, and that today is twenty one million opening week. Uh, I think they were hoping for an opening weekend of ten million, which today I actually don't know what that is. I didn't write that down, but um, <laughs> it's probably a lot more than $10 million. So the film took nine weeks to make, and yeah, that is, that is it for the film details. So I'm going to kick it over to Cam. We're going to dive right into Fact Forest as our first section of the podcast. We're going to dissect some fun facts, crazy behind the scenes, all the above. All right, Cam, you got All right, it. I'm taking the uh, did you know. I love this category because I feel like after every movie that piques my interest, I have to check like the trivia on IMDb. That's kind of what I did here. So little fun factoids for you. Rick Baker, the makeup artist on the film, was the first ever makeup artist to win an Oscar, as Adam just mentioned. But that's a pretty cool fact. I love this fact. When I read this, I feel like... was just like in awe because like what the heck michael jackson (laughs) was so impressed by this film that he insisted john landis the director and rick baker the makeup artist execute 
all of that for his new music video thriller. Freaking nuts. Which is, it's so sad because that like music video, I feel like nobody's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a shame that he went through all that work. And yeah, it, it sucks. Know. Who's Michael Jackson? Yeah, exactly. It's like a pop star, you know, K-pop, I don't know. Yeah. Um, David Naughton, the lead actor, was reportedly cast because John Landis, the director, saw him in a TV commercial for Dr. Pepper. However, Naughton was later let go by Dr. Pepper because of his nude scenes in this film. So that's kind of a bummer for him. That is a bummer. Um, after filming was complete, the whole crew danced in a circle around David Naughton, who was still in his werewolf makeup on the floor singing, I'm a werewolf, you're a werewolf, wouldn't you like to be a werewolf too, as a throwback to his days as a pitchman for the Dr. Pepper commercials. Don't we all do that? Love that. I do that every day. Yeah, I've seen you do it. It's crazy. <laughs> um, during a preview of the film, the marquee said from the director of National Lampoon's Animal House, because <laughs> of this, many people in the audience thought they were seeing a comedy. Reportedly, people ran out of the theater when they discovered it was a horror film because they were frightened. Wow. Which, that's interesting because I guess it was a different time, but I just don't know if I'd like run out of a theater. It kind of reminds me of, you know, in Oppenheimer, you, we all saw off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to the IMAX together, Cam and I and our wives. We took our wives, Marin and Charlotte. And we, you know, it's funny because it's a rated R film. So, of course, they show rated R previews before. And oh, yeah. <laughs> The Exorcist came on. And everyone in the theater is like, oh my gosh, what, yeah. what is happening? Why are they showing this? And yeah. it's, uh, you know, I think that I can't even imagine if you thought you were seeing a, a comedy. I guess that's true if you went in for a comedy and that's. It know. is kind of comedy, which we are going to know, Yeah, we'll dive into all that. A um, couple more. The script, it was shelved for like eight to 10 years. I don't know. I read different things, but I guess a lot of studios thought it was either too horror to be comedy or too comedy to be horror which I think is kind of an interesting take. Um, and then the executives, um, I guess they wanted John Landis to cast Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi as mm. the two leads, David and Jack. But Landis refused because he wanted new faces. But I just like can't even imagine Dan Aykroyd or John Belushi. No, I was going to say. That was a good call. Uh, yeah, it was a great call. Yeah. Anyways. Go Landis. Go Landis. Um, and then... I guess kind of just onto the, this falls into more, I guess, BTS, but unlike most motion pictures, it was filmed in sequence, which I think is really interesting. It is interesting. Because I feel like there aren't many films that do that. I mean, even, I mean, spoiler, we filmed a short film a couple months ago. Big spoiler. Big spoiler. I guess that is big spoiler. <laughs> Buckle up. But, I'm just kidding. No, but I was just kidding. Even that though, like we didn't film that in sequence. I feel like it's just rare to do that. It's also yeah. hard to do. It is hard to do. I think because they say locations are the, I mean, that's the biggest problem is like moving location, location. So it is interesting that they filmed the sequence. Um, and then last one I have, Rick Baker, the makeup artist who won the Oscar. He plays one of the Nazi werewolves in that nightmare sequence. Gosh, that's crazy. Specifically the <laughs> one who slashes David's throat, which it's funny. The actor's name is David and he plays a character named David. Yeah. But he said later that I guess that was a real knife and he was really scared because Rick Baker couldn't see through his mask. That would be kind of daunting. He's supposed to make the motion that he's like slitting his throat, you know? Yeah. But that wouldn't be fun. He didn't kill him. So that's good. Yeah, that's nice. If you want to have a couple, I can add. Go for it. So the. That's all actually I have for Fact Forest. Okay, sweet. I was going to add quite a few scenes had to be cut down. Uh, or taken out in order to keep the R rating. Apparently, the film sex scene had to be toned down um, Such a, a shame. lot. So, which is quite the shame. <laughs> David, that werewolf, woof. <laughs> big woof for me, from me. <laughs> big um, <laughs> Big howl. Big howl guy. <laughs> I, uh, apparently, all the people gathered around the porno theater at the end really thought there was a wild animal inside the theater, and John Landis didn't tell any of them that it was fake to get the right reaction. And so some of those screams were genuine. Um, the scene wow. with David in the cage with the real wolves was filmed in one take, which, you know, uh, makes sense because he had no desire to get back into the cage with the wolves. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I feel the same. Maybe I wouldn't even get in the cage with the wolves. Also, I, it just occurred to me, we should probably give users a warning 
users, um, listeners. I'm so used to users on our software. new website. Users <laughs> on our um, probably warning that we have some spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna talk about the entire movie. Um, so there's some spoilers in this podcast. If you weren't aware, everyone um, we've dies. just been diving into. Yeah, everyone dies. It's like uh, what is that freaking yeah, movie? It's, it's funny because I feel like most people are very aware of that. And yep. they say that up front, but it's okay. You know, it's all right. Now, we're going to get into our next section. That was a lot of facts, a lot of research. We want you guys to know how much effort we're putting into this. <laughs> um, we care a lot. So the second section is called Breakdown Ballroom. Uh, ballroom, funny enough, a lot of these sections, we took them from horror films. Obviously, fours could be used for so many. Ballroom, actually, inspiration was uh, The Shining. So... <gasps> The Shining may or may not may or may not make the list. Wow, <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right, I so didn't know that. we're just gonna go through our guidelines for what we think classifies a good horror film, and this is all subjective, but we believe it's probably objective. We're um, right, because we're wrong. right and you're wrong, <laughs> and there's no other right opinions about horror films in the world. Um, all right, our favorite scenes. The introduction to Jack and David being dropped off in London in the back of the truck with a bunch of sheep. I thought it was awesome. Really? I love just immediately, of course, you know, it's a werewolf movie because it's a, sure. you know in the title. But just immediately being in the truck with a bunch of sheep, I thought that that was just yeah. very clever. Um, I was like, okay, oh my gosh. So they're probably going to be I'm sheep. dying right now. Did you just? I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> This is why I need you because I'm just watching it like, all right, where's the freaking werewolf? There's like this deep little hidden Easter egg there. Oh, man. Wow, well, I'm you know, stupid. That's why we're, we're here for each other. Yep. You're going to find things I didn't see. Gosh, that I was think good. that it was like, oh, they're both going to die because they're both sheep, you know, um, which is interesting. I could kiss you, know? you right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so that was my first pick. All right, you go. All right. So. Wait, yeah, how many scenes do you did you just pick one or like I picked a few. Okay, good, good, good. So mine's actually right after yours, um, because I was not aware of this uh hidden meaning. But I loved after they leave the pub. It's dark, they're just on a walk and you slaughter just, lamb. Yes. Great. Yeah. Wow, it's all great name around. for a pub. <laughs> but they're just walking. And you hear the howl for the first time. Oh, yeah. Really just that whole sequence, like the howling, I thought was so eerie. I thought the sound was so good. Totally agree. And you can't see it, just like them. They're looking around, and then the attack comes, and I I just thought that whole sequence had a great tension to it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I That was actually my next thing, too. So Ooh. totally agree. The suspense, the buildup. I honestly thought out of the whole film, that was the most suspenseful part. And yeah. just because you hadn't seen the werewolf yet, you had no idea what it looked like. So it was all up to your imagination. They're running around. There's a lot of fog in this grassy field. Um, it was a great part. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the next part, the next scene, uh, I kind of skipped around, so I'm sorry. Um, I thought the nightmare sequences were pretty wild and creative. The, uh, the, just the nightmare within a nightmare, too. I don't know how new oh, that yeah. was. With uh, you know in the eighties, I'm sure that there, are, you know, other nightmares and nightmares. But I thought that that was really interesting, unique, and out especially on the forest. Whenever he's in the freaking hospital bed, in the I middle completely of the forest. agree. Yeah. yeah, super interesting, abstract. I liked it. Yeah, and I think I read somewhere that he said that was like one of the more difficult scenes for him to film. Yes, I can't remember why. It was because of the contacts. Oh, that's he said, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that the contacts were super, uh, it, was, it wasn't like contacts today. They were like glass yeah. that were painted yellow and he like put them on his eyes and they oh, were super painful. And I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty freaking painful. Oh, uh, yeah. No, thank you. You mind poking your eyes out for the scene real quick? Yeah, exactly. The nightmare sequences, and I'll kind of dive into that more later, but I really appreciated those. I thought yeah. like you were kind of just alluding to, for that time, it's super unique, I feel like. Yeah. It was very ambitious, and I'm going to probably throw that word out a lot sometimes, I but I, I really enjoyed those two. I'm kind of jumping way ahead for my next one. Please do. Um, but I really liked the theater scene where he's sitting in the theater and he's having to confront his victims from the night before. Yeah. 
because it was just really quirky. And again, I feel I'm going to throw that word again, but I feel like it was ambitious. Like why, yeah. why do that? It was very just random, but like I enjoyed it and everyone's there. And like, even that couple, they're like still kind of cheery and they're, but they're like covered in gore and like blood. And you're like, it's just, it's such a bizarre scene. Yeah. It's pretty wild, but I enjoyed it. My next scene was the, I know this is part of the nightmare sequences, but the, the mutant Nazi family massacre. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I literally was not expecting that at all. That like, was crazy. It totally caught me off guard. The, so the attack, oh, this was a quote I found. So the attack by the mutant Nazis, as over the top and bloody as it was, displays the fears and anxieties faced by modern day Jews in a post-Holocaust world. Remember, an American werewolf in London took place less than four decades after Hitler's reign came to an end. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because I read that somewhere. Crazy. And I thought that was a crazy little like, yeah. analogy to make. That's pretty But it kind of like makes sense, you know? And I honestly, which I missed the sheep, so I missed this too. I didn't <laughs> know that they were supposed to be. I guess I was just so caught off guard by that scene. I was so caught off guard. I didn't catch on, like, on to the fact that they were like Nazi werewolves. I just thought there were these like, there's this like military, these animalistic creatures come in, they're shooting up the family, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? I literally, yeah, I thought the same. Oh, I mean, I knew they were Nazis, but I didn't know. I was like, why? Yeah. Why and then you, all of a sudden Nazis? Yeah, I found that out later, and I was like, oh my gosh. Because wasn't David in the movie Jewish? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was. So, yeah, I don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah. That scene was just madness. Oh my gosh, they're just crazy. Probably the goriest scene in the whole film. Yeah, I would say so, especially because they like shoot the kids, which is like, oh yeah, you're not pretty, used to seeing that. Yeah, even nowadays, I don't know if that's that pretty bold. Yeah, the transformation scene's a given. I thought yeah. that was incredible. That was my next one. My I'll next talk one. about that more, but I yeah. really did enjoy the Piccadilly Square scene at the very end when he comes out of the theater. He's a wolf mm-hmm. because the it chaos. Is, Complete chaos. Yeah. Everyone's just dying all of a sudden. Like, not even by the hands of the wolf. Like, he <laughs> he kills a guy, and then people are... You see them getting, like, run over by cars. And, yeah. like... It's just, like, the definition of madness. And then also, the design of the werewolf... And the, this goes back to the practical effects, but, like, there's a scene of it crawling. And I loved that, because I guess what they did is they had a guy, like, in a... Almost like a wheel... Wait, this this is a new wheelbarrow. Is that what it is? Yeah, a wheelbarrow. I I never know if it's like barrow or barrel, but it, is it either? I said barrow, but maybe we and grew now up, I'm tripping. I don't remember. Yeah, we grew up in Oklahoma, so yeah. Again, bear with us, please. Forgive us. But Give us a little grace. There's a guy in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Sounds so weird. And, I know, but that's how they got that effect. Is he's crawling on his front two. I say like he's got four legs, but he's a, a dude crawling on his arms <laughs> yeah. and he's got the front two makeup legs. on. Yeah, his front two <laughs> legs. And I just thought that scene was really good because it was just complete madness. Yeah. It's like it just unraveled the mold of society. Yeah, it just, really did. broke out. It was crazy. Um, yeah, I put transformation scene. That was like yeah. just the biggest, which like Cam said, we'll dive into. Um, conceptual uniqueness. I, it's really just a fun take on werewolves. I just yeah, thought it was uh, really interesting. Also interesting that John Landis really wanted it to be like a hellhound yeah. uh, type with uh, the werewolf on all fours instead of on two. I'm pretty sure him and Rick Baker got into it. Not got into it, but they just disagreed because Rick right. Baker wanted it to be I read that. two-legged werewolf. What do you think? Do you think it should have been... Two I like that it was kind of a hellhound um, yeah. because it definitely stands apart a little bit more from some of the other werewolf movies, sure. you know, yeah. I've seen. I mean, kind of um, Twilight's, you know, four. Oh, yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> and that's the best. And that's the gold standard. <laughs> so if Twilight's doing it, then John yeah. Lewis made the right call. <laughs> no, I probably agree. I think it works, you know, for this movie. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, I thought just the take on like the whole werewolf thing was really interesting. And then even throwing in like the idea that the victims of the werewolf, they're stuck in this like limbo. They're just kind of like wandering until the last werewolf is dead. That was like an interesting, because I've never heard that before. Maybe that's part of like werewolf lore. I don't know. But I just thought that was like a really interesting take. And I enjoyed that. Because it did add like an extra little layer to the whole thing. Totally agree. uh, And this is more of a nitpick and kind of later, which we'll talk about, you know, the film mistakes and stuff. But uh, it was interesting because it was like, we only saw the people that uh, David 
had killed. Yeah, I thought. And I was like, what that. happened to the people? Well, yeah. you still you still see Jack. Yeah. Um, right. That's his name. Yeah. Like <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, you still see Jack, you which still saw wasn't Amanda. killed by David. Yeah. It was killed by the original werewolf. So what yeah. about all the other people the original werewolf killed? I guess nobody else was killed Maybe by it. Jack was his first kill. Maybe Jack was the first kill. <laughs> He's a really crappy werewolf. Really, just the worst werewolf <laughs> to exist. Yeah, I just thought that was all. I thought the werewolf was handled totally. in a really cool way. Yeah. I put it was definitely interesting that there are certain points that feel very dark and gory and intense while others feel really lighthearted. And yeah. Comical. So I noted that too, just that blending of horror and humor, mm-hmm. which is a main kind of like principle of the movie. It's a very important part. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and that's another thing that I, I don't think it was like super common back then, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Not until about they were Fright around. Night in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's right. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that because I did laugh. Like, there yeah. were a couple times that, I mean, you and I were like no, laughing. No, I know. I was laughing out loud. But then there's parts where you're like, oh my gosh, what am I watching? <laughs> this I is so it brutal. From like, I'm like, oh man, that was a fun like little scene. And then yeah. like Nazis are killing kids. Complete and I'm like, what chaos. is, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I, I think, too, when you can balance both, that's impressive. Because I think yeah. sometimes when you try to go for that dark comedy vibe, I don't know, it definitely can sway. And I, I thought it was a good balance. I think John Landis did a really good job with that. Yeah. I, w- I will say I do have a hot take about it, but we'll get to that in the hot takes hallway. Oh, yeah. Coming right up. Um, See you there, baby. Director's Touch, John Landis. I saw a lot of people commenting this was his best film. Wow. I haven't seen... A lot of his films, and by a lot, I don't think I've seen any of so, his other films. The only one I'm flabbergasted by. Wait, I've seen Three Amigos. Never mind. I haven't seen Three Amigos. Okay, but I saw Coming to America. I cannot believe that's the same guy. Yeah, because that's weird? a totally different. Yeah, quite the movie. Different. Yeah, but I think even he said though that's like his favorite film. I might have just either made that up or I read that. No, somewhere. I think I think it is uh somewhere he yep, that was my next note. He said this was his favorite film. Yeah, that's made. crazy. Which I don't know. Is this more classic than Coming to America? Oh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Coming to America is great, but this is definitely like if I was John Landis, I would say this is probably my favorite film. Now could Eddie Murphy play David? <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. He only played Donkey. It's the same thing. That's true. David and Donkey do go hand in hand. Well maybe maybe <laughs> David no maybe Donkey and the Werewolf. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Him stating that this film isn't a comedy is really interesting, considering he wanted Jack to be more nonchalant and lighthearted, even though he was a rotting corpse. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting that John Lannis blatantly has said several on several occasions, he gets mad when people are like, This is a comedy. Yeah. And but he he also gave Griffin Dunn, who plays Jack, the note to make his character more comical. Yeah, he was like, you've got to be encouraging and like upbeat even yeah. though you're rotting. Even though you look like you're literally yeah. you're 20 days past Which is a very interesting direction. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I also liked too when they asked, I guess some people asked him why London for like the setting of the film hmm. and his response, his words, London was horror central, of course, home to Jack the Ripper, Jekyll and Hyde, so I wanted all of that Victorian Gothic, but I also wanted to show the real London of 1981. Well, that was interesting. Like, obviously, you want a purpose in your setting. Yeah. And I like that he was just ready to go with that answer. Totally. And I do really enjoy that it was in London. It's like a unique perspective, yeah. especially for early 80s. Yeah. And boy, did the audience get real London, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it got real London. This no, I Apparently, people wanted him... To keep David alive, since he and Nurse Alex looked so good on screen together. But I'm personally glad that Landis didn't change the script. Really? Yeah, apparently. Not with your take, but that people wanted him to live. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. But I'm glad that he didn't live. Oh, yeah, spoiler. David dies. David is dead. He's dead as of this moment. (laughs) If you haven't seen the film, he dies at the end. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, I guess now you don't even have to waste your time. You, You know what happens. You at least know. You know, the world's safe. (laughs) <laughs> okay, moving into acting. I enjoyed the acting. I I put is nothing Oscar worthy, but that yeah. they all performed the best they could. I is very nostalgic. I mean, very. It's definitely an eighties film, for sure. I enjoyed it. And there were yeah moments where I was watching it, and I I'm so used to watching movies like today, and so they would like deliver a line, and I was like, 
oh, I like, but then I also have to remind myself that's not really like how they talk today. That's kind of how they talked back in 1981. Like yeah. it was that a lot of scripts like that. That's true. And so I do think I say that's true as if I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember 1981. Yeah. Um, but no, I wrote, actually, it's funny you say that the exact same note, nothing Oscar worthy, but I think everybody did a pretty decent job. You know, I do think David Naughton killed it with the transformation scene. Yes. Cause he makes you believe that he is in like pure agony. Yeah. Like he is, he is hurting on no, the inside. Totally. I was going to, my next note, which might be more of a hot take. I, other than David in the transformation scene, I think the people at the slaughtered lamb had the best acting in the whole movie. Really? <laughs> because they were the they were freaked out, reserved, and internally conflicted. The line, you made me miss my shot. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> That's true. I guess I didn't really Just think about class. it, but yeah, they were they did a pretty good job. Yeah. You made me miss. I actually thought uh is it I guess Griffin Dunn who plays Jack. Yeah. I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Especially when I found out the note about you know, you have to be upbeat and like yeah, charismatic. That's a hard note. On but top you're also of- rotting and you're dead. And I just thought he like kind of gave a good like morbid source of comic ber- like relief. Totally. Which I enjoyed. No, totally. I also kind of, I think that David and Jack weren't scared enough during the first werewolf attack with all the yeah. howling because they were kind of like running all over the place oh my gosh we should go over here and i was yeah. like oh shoot we should turn around i'm like dude if we were if that was us <laughs> we <laughs> let's be would fair. be flipping our limbs man <laughs> we kind of already know what we would do because it kind of happened to us. <laughs> we kind of got chased by coyotes one time we um, were on the field stargazing <laughs> with our wives and uh my <laughs> wife um she bit it and spilled her coffee. <laughs> so bad. And we all just left her. We just kept we running. Did. We we sure did. Sorry, Marin. Sorry, Marin. But yeah, if I because the coyotes scared me. If I heard that wolf Dude. in the distance. And everyone nah. before that was saying, Beware the moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No way. <laughs> no shot, dude. I am out of there. Yeah, they were pretty composed. Yeah. I guess. That's what I thought. Um, I thought everybody else though did a pretty I mean, they got the job done. Yeah. I did have a, other, a few other nitpicks about acting. I, I, I think that some of the nonchalantness. I mean, maybe this was more of a director note than an acting thing. But I thought that Nurse Alex was just a little too comfortable with David's hysterics. Dude, I completely like. Agree. She was like just so chill, and I'm like, dude, if my significant or you know attractive other was like. I'm seeing the, my best friend who's been dead. Yeah. I'd be like, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's okay. You're just, you know, you're struggling. I'd be like, you need help and I'm not going to be around you. I completely agree. And I wrote the exact same thing because in the hospital, I think is when he first tells her, like just right out of the gate, he's like, I'm a werewolf. And then she takes him home later. And I'm like, no intelligent woman is going <laughs> to hear a patient say, I'm a werewolf. Dead serious. And they'd be like, yeah, come back to my flat. Let's let's bang. Yeah, be a werewolf in bed with me. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I didn't understand that at all. It didn't make I any sense. She was way too relaxed about it. And then he also woke up in the zoo and came back and, like, said he woke up at the zoo. And she was just kind She's of like, are chill. you serious? What? Yeah, like, you know, like, I, if my wife came home and said she woke up at the zoo, we've got some problems here. Yeah. But I don't know. I also put that I didn't think... David was freaked out enough by Jack's weird appearance from the dead. Of course, I that I remember that scene. Jack was or David was like, "Oh my gosh, what what are you what yeah. are you doing here?" But I'd be like, "Yeah, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> what is happening?" Yeah, I'm seeing my dead friend who just got attacked sure. right in front of me. The trauma would be way over the top. Yeah, I agree. And then my last note on that was Jack being comical didn't fit in my opinion. Yeah, uh, especially if in John Landis's eyes, it's not supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, like, and again, I know this might be more hot takes hallway, but I was just like, I think that, you know, if John Landis is like, no, this isn't a comedy, then don't make freaking the morbid death dead guy funny. Crack jokes and yeah. Yeah, it's like, make it scary. Right. Like, yeah, I could see that. It was interesting to me. All right, screenplay. I actually really enjoyed the screenplay for the most part. And again, I'm going to keep throwing it out there, but I just thought it was very ambitious for 1981. I thought 
just some of the things they wrote into the script were just so unique. And I could see people like in 1981 seeing that movie and just being like, what am I watching? Like, this is a disaster of a movie. But I almost prefer that sometimes, especially in horror. Because I think when you can get audiences or write things in that are unique or, again, ambitious, and you make people a little... Like, some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to love it. Some people might be indifferent about it. But I think that's what can make a good horror film is if you're willing to write things in that are going to push the boundaries a little bit. Yeah. And I thought this movie did a really good job with that because they do throw things in your face that you're like, wait, what? Like, I remember, I know we keep going back to it, but that nightmare sequence, when that came up, I was like, what is happening? Like, who yeah. wrote this into the movie? But I appreciate it at the same time. Yeah. I, I My only note is other than John Lannis not thinking it was supposed to be comedy and writing it more yeah. comedic. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. You could definitely feel that it was written in the 80s but i think that's what gives it that kind of sort of yeah, nostalgia gives it that classic horror feel. yeah the i i loved it so totally agree um i actually really enjoyed the score like especially the piano it was not too over the top it was pretty minimal it really elevated the intense sequences and no specific songs um i felt like took away from what yeah. was happening i will say the only thing that i love about 80s or not the only thing one of the big things i love about 80s scores though is that like a lot of the big ones that killed it have like super well-known like tracks, like yeah. the theme. And this one didn't really have it, but yeah. I think a lot of horror films don't have like that. Halloween. Has like Halloween or, piano, yeah, yeah, I think the, you know, the Exorcist, like they have these yep. incredible, that's not in the 80s, but like they have these incredible, you know, themes. Yeah. And I'm a big sucker for that. So, yeah, I agree. I do think, I thought it was pretty good. It was better than I had anticipated. Yeah. Like if anybody asked me, like, what do you think of the score of, an American Werewolf in London. I guess that there's nothing really <laughs> that great, but like in the, the dream soundtrack. sequence, it's the great. soundtrack was amazing. Yes. I really loved the like addition of all of the songs about like the moon. Totally, I thought that was so cool, and yeah. it worked. Like it wasn't forced. It felt like very just raw. It just and natural. Fit. Yeah, I agree. What but were you saying about the Nightmare sequence? When he, uh, one of the earlier dreams, when he's running through the woods, and it's like a POV shot of like running. I thought. I couldn't tell you what it sounds like now, but I just remember thinking, oh, I like the way this sounds. So, yeah. But one thing you guys will have to know as we continue this podcast, Adam is much better at noticing music and <laughs> sounds than I am. But that's that's Cameron's notes. I like the sound of it. <laughs> well, so. there you go. I, I, that's fair. I totally understand. Not everyone's like, man, this is a great song. Um, so, yeah. Cinematography, the opening sequence with all the hills, I thought it was pretty great. Uh, it lasted a little long, but I think that's yeah. just the 80s. I'm a sucker of any shot for the moon also, so pair that with fog, big grassy London fields, and a werewolf, and I'm in. Yep, I agree. I think the sweeping shots of like the English countryside, it set like a really cool tone, and then you just go into like a crazy like city vibe later with like the violence and the chaos, and yeah. there's just a cool kind of two sides of the coin there yeah the juxtaposition as one might say shoot oh my gosh as a pretentious you know (laughs) reviewer might say um overall impact i can definitely see why it's a classic i mean yeah i it has elements of gray suspense slasher style horror a handful of laughable moments and pretty terrifying sequences uh, obviously, it had a, a massive impact on makeup and the innovation of effects, just in general. I mean, Rick Baker is a horror mastermind. Yeah, I, uh, werewolf, Jack, dead people in the theater, Chef's Kiss. I, and you know, overall, I, I also loved movies back then that had to be you know creative. If it was made today, that transformation scene would have been total CGI. Yeah, so for I think sure. it's cool that you know they used different elements for that. Yep. I completely agree. I I think the practical effects are like, and again, if you take, I guess if you think about it being in 1981 or just the early 80s when it was filmed, um, the practical effects there are like unmatched, I feel like. Like They were pretty, and I totally get why they introduced the Oscar for that after this movie because I guess to be fair, it started with, I think the, there was a movie in 1980 called like The Elephant Man. And that's what got people yep. talking about the Oscar or implementing a category for makeup. And then American Werewolf in London was the first one to win it. But 
I think it was just like groundbreaking, especially for the time. And I, yeah. I remember it being good, but not like that good. Like that was pretty crazy. Yeah. It was really interesting to watch. It was pretty insane. And then, you know, a few nights ago we watched Friday night. Yeah. And, uh, the, just none of those like transformation quote unquote scenes yeah. like matched. Well, yeah. And thought. that came out, I think like four years later. Yeah. Four years later. Yeah. So I loved the quote. A naked American man stole my balloons. That has to be the best quote from the film. <laughs> that was so good. I love that part. That little kid? Oh, I thought it was so good. So there's a scene in American Werewolf in London where the, he just steals a kid's balloons because he's naked after yeah. waking up next to the wolves. Yes, sir? A naked American man stole my balloons. Yeah, I love that part. All right, our next section is called The Change Chamber, and it's really just anything that we would change about the film. So this part is insanely objective. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Entirely (laughs) subjective. It's all what we think, and it's, you know. For funsies. For funsies. Is there anything we'd change about the film? I'm always a fan of waiting to show the monster until absolutely necessary. And... The audience's imagination becomes your biggest tool. And so I put a note that it would have been cool to see the werewolf's face for the first time after the transformation scene. Like that being the first time you really see the werewolf. Oh, yeah. I thought it would have been cool and it allowed us to imagine it more. Uh, And what's funny is I even found Landis even questioned showing the werewolf too much and blamed it on liking Baker's makeup too much. Really? So he got makeup happy, as we all do. Interesting. <laughs> um, interesting. I, which I thought was really interesting for him to yeah. say that too. But that's that's something I felt pretty strongly about. That's interesting. And I also feel like another reason that makes that interesting is because I feel like I read a lot of people say the opposite. They were annoyed that it didn't show it more. I do think that's kind of just your popcorn audience who yeah. wants to see a werewolf for 90 minutes of the runtime. Yeah. But I, I kind of side with you. I like, and Jordan Peele, I think, has even said that, that, you know, the imagination is like, one of the scariest tools for yeah. your audience because if you let them picture what's going on off screen, then it's like they can just add all sorts of horror elements yeah. to that. But for me, I think some of the pacing in the middle act, I think it could have been a little tighter, but that's not a huge complaint. I just noticed like you start off pretty strong on the English countryside. Yeah. I think you end really well in the Piccadilly Square. And even when he transforms night one and he's going on that attack. I guess the middle stuff with like the hospital is like, you know, it was all right. But the emotional depth, I feel like you could have felt a little more. And there wasn't, it's not a movie that's like a breeding ground for emotion. But like when he is calling his family to say like goodbye, essentially, and then he's about to like commit suicide with the knife. He's on the phone. And I guess to be fair, this is kind of how like a lot of male characters were written back then. But he just like. I don't know. It, you just didn't feel much like he's calling his family to say goodbye. And you, I feel like there's potential to make that really like deep, not, yeah. I guess not deep, but you know, just make me feel a little something. And I just, you know, it's like, okay, it's pretty surface level on to the next scene. I have another note about his family too, which I bring up later, but okay. I, yeah, I completely agree. I also put the actual transformation scene was executed. If, yeah. Amazingly. But the buildup, like doesn't exist. <laughs> like yeah. he's just immediately covered in sweat yeah. while reading his book. And then he starts transforming. Incredibly reminiscent of my wife Marion whenever she read Colin Hoover's Verity. <laughs> <laughs> she starts sweating. It's so true. It transforms <laughs> this werewolf. <laughs> I love it. I love She's the gonna comparison. kill her for that part. Uh, but yeah, no, I was like, it was crazy because he's like pacing around the room, which yeah. that was another thing I'd change. I thought that scene lasted way too long. He's yeah. walking back and forth yeah. for like 10 minutes. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And just he's reading a book and then it cuts back to him and he's covered in sweat and then yeah. he starts transforming. Well, I'm like, whoa. If I, he's like, yeah, reading the book. And then I think he just yells. He's like, Jesus Christ. And then he starts sweating <laughs> profusely. And you're like, oh my gosh. Again, reminiscent of Verity. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that was Marin. Probably Verity loved Low key, that was kind of me too. Verity had that a chokehold on my life. <laughs> sweating. Verity. That's hilarious. I love that comparison. I put the ending was pretty abrupt. But I mean, hey, I'm pretty sure that was normal for films back then. I also enjoy that the film was a solid 90 minutes because yeah. I feel like nowadays films, it's so hard to find a film over like less than two hours. Yeah. Especially like films good. that are trying to achieve 
something great. Yeah. I think there's kind of this, I don't know, people are lost in their way trying to do that because, I don't know, movies now are so long. And I, I appreciate it sometimes. Yeah. Like, I love when a movie doesn't feel like it's been three hours. But Agreed. other times you're like, okay, let's oh let's my. pick up the pace here. All right, we all, have, we all have stuff to do. Yeah. Film mishaps. In Piccadilly Circus, when the red car crashes into the orange car, the passenger is already through the windshield before the impact. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. How did we miss that? I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty wild. And how did anyone on set miss that? Yeah. That's a pretty bad error. Um, yeah, you would think they would maybe not fly into the windshield until yeah. you know the crash maybe. actually happened. Okay. Okay. I wrote a few more. Uh, okay. When Jack is in his final state of undeath in the porno theater with the rest of the people that David killed, he uses a lot of words that are formed with lips, such as schmuck. However, Jack is virtually skeletal and has no lips. So that's kind of impossible. And he's I did saying not words. Even notice that. And he's like, uses his lips, but he doesn't have lips. And I, I remember thinking, like, this just feels weird. He's saying words, but he's like, only yeah. able to move his jaw, which I was like, you know, that's hilarious. That makes sense. But, and the last one, uh, when the werewolf is seen approaching the escalator in the Tottenham Court Road underground station, a foot of one of the crew pushing the werewolf along is clearly visible at the I end of the I read shot, about that, yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Did you notice it when we watched it? I did not. Yes, yeah, I didn't either. Is there anything that doesn't make any sense in the film? There are a few things for me. Okay. I, I really only had one that kind of bothered me. Okay, go And ahead. tell me if I missed something, because I apparently missed the sheep in the first 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> big, really some analogy. The analogy the um, but, so, you know, they, they were just attacked by the werewolf at the very beginning. And David's right. about to die. Yeah. And then the people from the pub show up and shoot the werewolf, and he's dead, and, you know. But it was so easy to kill it. You know, and they never mentioned that, it, unless maybe they did, that it was a silver bullet. Yeah. Other, I don't think it was because that's like traditional lore. But I feel like they just showed up, shot it, and he's dead. And then same with Jack. No, Jack, David. Yeah. David at the end, he gets shot one time and is dead. One bullet. And I was like, okay, if these people at the pub are so terrified of this creature, yeah, just go out, shoot it, and you're good. Just like... Yeah, I don't know. They were so terrified of it, though, and I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't harder to kill. Like, totally agree. You shoot it with a gun, it's like shooting a deer. And I was like, that's kind of lame. Yeah, like you wouldn't be but nervous about... It just doesn't know. make it as ominous. Yeah, I agree. This one, actually, I totally, you know, I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. It is mentioned that David's dad wouldn't leave him home alone whenever he was 10, but they wouldn't even come to see him or have him sent home after the attack that just felt kind of, that didn't oh, make any yeah. sense to me. I didn't even like, think about that. It feels like David's backstory wasn't entirely fleshed out to remain consistent with the events that took place. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I, I that. think that that was just kind of a weird note to make that, yeah, my dad didn't, you know, leave me home whenever I was 10, 10. Yeah. But, like, he's nowhere to be seen, and you're, like, in the hospital. Right, so, yeah. That's uh, a good point. The kid who says no over and over again, I was not sure what the purpose was there. I was that is a fun little thing to add in the film. I don't even remember when that the, with the nurse, and she's like trying to help him. Oh, he's like, she asked yeah. him a question. He's like, no. She asked him another question. He's like, no. Right, right, right. You know, and I was like, I guess, yeah. I what, is this, about that. Does this add anything? I don't know. I couldn't find anything. Um, it made no sense to me whatsoever that David got arrested. Like David tried to get arrested instead of just going with Nurse Alex to the <laughs> hospital where the officers were waiting. Yeah, like wouldn't. Why wouldn't I Alex know. just tell him that? He, he's he's like running begging out of the, to get arrested. I know he's begging. Alex is about to, you know, supposed to bring him to the hospital where the officers are. And that, of course, that's what leads to the entire ending sequence. But yeah. I'm like, I just felt like that could have been avoided if he had just gone with Nurse Alex. Um, so I thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, how on earth did he turn into a werewolf two nights in a row? Okay. It's impossible to have a full moon. I was going to say, has that ever happened? No. So. It, it's just when the moon comes. So whenever he starts like freaking out about the yeah. next night, I was like, what? How do you have another full moon? I know. I was yeah. like, don't you only have to worry about one night a month? I kind of wondered about that too, because two nights in a row, that's like pretty, you don't hear about that with some werewolf movies. Yeah. But. That's pretty incense. Incense? Insane. That was that's incense. what I mean. My wife lit some incense in this room. So that's smells good. <laughs> and then my last one, I understand that people would be eager to see what the monster is. 
that's attacking everyone and what it looks like. But it felt bizarre to me that there are people gathering around at the yeah. very end to see it instead of trying to get away. I was like, can you imagine a beast in the streets right now? Kill seven people. Hey, let's go get a picture. Let's go get a picture of this beast. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean... That's not happening. I'd be curious for sure, but I would be standing on like the opposite street corner waiting to get a view. With binoculars. Yeah, like let's... <laughs> I have binoculars in my back pocket. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't gather around the chaos and, you know... I don't know. I'm not getting killed danger. by a beast. All right, casting. I don't know about you, but the... The description says two American college students, <laughs> and they look a little older. Dude, that was such students. a thing, though. Like that time was like people would cast like freaking thirty-five-year-olds. Like, yeah, think. Well, I guess you haven't seen it, but like John Travolta in Greece, he's supposed to be in high school, and he's like a grown-ass man. But, yeah, yeah. I I I wondered that too. But yeah, um, least favorite part of the film. <laughs> the montage of him being bored I already said this before the trans- transformation was too long I'm pretty sure the shot of him pacing back and forth in the living room took up like half the runtime of the film <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be my, surprised that was my least favorite part of the film that's fair I this is such a, a nitpick a little bit but the shower scene for me I don't know it <laughs> I just felt like the kissing was so bad. And I, that sounds ridiculous, but it like yeah. really took away. You don't kiss it, like that? I, no, I, do, I can't say that I do. <laughs> and I couldn't tell who was the, like, who's the bad kisser here. Was it the nurse or was it? I feel like it was our boy, David. It's got to be the werewolf. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the wolf in him. The werewolf. <laughs> I don't know. It just like I wanted to feel their chemistry. And that kind of honestly, this isn't really a hot take, but like because we'll get into those in a second. But I didn't love their relationship as a whole sometimes like it felt there were moments where I really enjoyed their chemistry, but then other times I was like, eh, and that shower scene just was hard for me. I was like, this kissing is so bad. It's yeah, so awkward. A hundred percent understand that title of the film movie poster. I truly love the title. of the film. I, I'm the same way. I could have also seen it going the route of the title being the slaughtered lamb. I think that's oh, a pretty, yeah, pretty good title. Uh, that's the name of the pub. Um, and to me, the movie poster is Chef's Kiss. You yeah. can really tell that Michael Jackson wasn't lying about Thriller being inspired. <laughs> uh, look at the movie poster. Yeah, that's very true. I, I love them both, honestly. And I, I thought about this too. Like, The title is so descriptive and it's so on the nose. But I don't know. It, it works. Like it's yeah. an American werewolf in London. That's exactly what you get. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And the poster I thought was great. No, the werewolf could not have been more American. Yeah. <laughs> so American. He's such a Yankee. Such a Yankee. Yankee of a werewolf. Do we agree with the IMDb rating? I personally think 7.5 is pretty okay. It's a little generous in my opinion, but the breakthrough this film had in effects gives it the boost yeah. that it deserves. So, I agree. Yes. I think 7.5, that's what it's at, right? 7.5? Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. I think that's... I mean, pretty high for IMDb, especially when it comes to horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. I do think the practical effects really just get it up there. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Um, before we get into Hot Takes Hallway, we have a commercial uh, by Gucci, actually. This is sponsored by Gucci. Wow, already? <laughs> just so honored. We're going to dive into Hot Takes Hallway. We're pretty pumped. We hope you don't hate us after this, but we also kind of hope you do because it sparks good conversation. We're going to start it off with our favorite reviews. So we're going to do one 10 out of 10 star review and one 1 out of 10 star review. We probably won't read the whole review, but we're going to give you a, a little, some, just some bittersweetness. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start with mine. Then Cameron, do you want to do yours? Absolutely. We'll do both of our 10s and then both of our 1s. Okay. Start okay. with the 10s. Yeah. Okay. okay. My number 10, um, my favorite 10 star review that I saw this is 10 <laughs> out of 10. Title, my favorite best werewolf film of all time. A true horror icon classic. That's all one sentence, not two. Um, it says, An American Werewolf in London is a cult classic horror werewolf slasher film. It is my third favorite werewolf film of all time. <laughs> what? An American Werewolf in London is not only the best werewolf movie ever made, <laughs> it is also one of the best genre films of all time. I grew up watching this film. It's a childhood favorite of mine. I first saw this movie when I was 13. 
It's a childhood movie for me. It's the first werewolf film I ever saw. I love this film to death, and I think it's a great horror film of all time. It's one of my personal horror favorite werewolf movies of all time. Oh my god! So it's their third favorite werewolf movie, I but know. it's also the best werewolf the movie best ever made. Werewolf. Yeah, I don't. I you know that's a great one. I'm honestly I'm jealous. Ten Mine out of ten on that review is straight to the point. It says, "Bad Moon Rising." Period. Oh, okay. The slaughtered lamb. Period. Half a pint of Guinness will suffice. Hi, David. That's it. There we go. Straight to the point. That's the best review I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going to start writing my review. I think that should be our podcast. That review just... 30 seconds long just... Made me think the film is hey. better than it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really just hammers it home. That's a great review. Wow. I want to meet that person. All right, now for the uh, bottom of the barrel. Right, the worst review. The haters. The one out of tens, the haters. Um, my title is Worst Film I've Ever Seen. <laughs> Quite the jump. <laughs> After half an hour, I turned off this piece of utter pig swill. <laughs> of utter what? Pig swill. <laughs> pig swill. Jeez. Pig swill. Man, this, is not, this person's not American. That's obvious. Yeah. I got the video from a charity shop for a quid. I don't even know what a quid is. A quid? A quid. Q-U-I-D. No idea. Anyway. Somebody hit us up. Tell us what that means. Please tell us what a quid is. Also what pig swill is, please. That'd be great. <laughs> and this morning, it's going straight back. <laughs> God, for charity, it's going straight back. It's not too bad doing something for charity, but giving this mindless garbage even one star is only because I can't give it less, so it's really the photo on the sleeve. The national news is more frightening, but if this is supposed to be horror, it doesn't make it. Neither does it as a comedy. It just makes you feel bad. What else is there to say about a film which does nothing other than yet another excuse for four-letter language and bedroom scenes? How bored can you get? The money spent on... On making this film should have been given a charity. These morons have more money than sense and have total contempt for those who are tricked into viewing. Holy <laughs> dang. That person is yeah, pissed they're, about where They're not happy. Mine is... Okay, so my one star is a little longer than the 10 star. I won't read the whole thing. I understand. But this review says, What can be said about American Werewolf in London? First of all, the actors cannot do what their name implies. There would be far more emotion if there were cardboard stick figures with speech bubbles. Ugh. Normally, while I'm watching a movie, I will do play-by-play commentary. Normally, this annoys others. However, while we watched this movie, it was seemingly encouraged. Especially when he turns into a werewolf. Oh, oh my gosh, my head, my head, it hurts so much. I'll rip my shirt off. Yes, that'll stop it from hurting. Wait, it didn't work. Maybe if I take off my pants neatly and carefully. Honestly, this movie's plot could not be... could not be seen if it were right in front of you. It is non-existent. So they really didn't like the transformation scene. Yeah, I don't think they did. But which is the best part of the whole film. But so, we got some haters out here, but you know, all right, can't do, be expected. You know, it, it is expected. Do we have any hot takes about the film? And boy, do we? Do we? Okay, I'll kick us off. I don't right. see any reason. Okay, hear me out. Okay, I understand the scenario. That's not what I'm calling out. I'm calling out the the setting of the scenario. Okay. The porno theater. Mm, yeah. It felt like it was thrown in there just to have a nudity and sex scene. I agree, actually. It didn't serve any purpose to yeah. the film. And they actually filmed that. Like, that was the first thing they ever filmed was the really? porno. Oh, yeah. interesting. They actually filmed it. And then apparently, Griffin Dunn, who plays Jack, commented... <laughs> That one of the grips on the crew slept with one of the girls in the porno scene. What? Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh. Yeah, pretty nice. That is crazy. So I didn't think that that was necessary yeah. to, to the film. I agree. I thought it was kind of random. It could and have been a movie. It could have just been a regular movie. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear like their thoughts on that. Like what did yeah. the creatives have to say? On other that than one? just sex appeal. Yeah. Other than just let's throw some pizzazz in there yeah um okay this is a hot take okay and we may have some listeners quit right now but so i i already mentioned that i loved the sound design of the werewolf's howl right and first i would say in my opinion i think it's probably the best werewolf sound i've heard in a science fiction or horror film from like a werewolf which isn't too hot of a take. But then here's where it's a little spicy. So I've heard a lot of people. Have you seen Predator? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
I've heard a lot of people praise the sound design of the predator, like mm. the creature. And I agree. It's incredible. I might like the sound design and I feel like it's not appreciated enough of this werewolf. I feel like it might be just not a lot, but just mm. a hair better than the predator. I loved it. I thought the sound design was so good. Mm. And I, I feel like too, which maybe we're not giving enough credit, but I just feel like 1981, you don't expect anything yeah. to be too crazy. But like the way they achieved that sound, I don't know, it just like itched my brain. It just felt like creepy. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's like, it just sounded so good to me. No, I agree. I really enjoyed that. I so, stand by that. I love Predator. Don't get me wrong. I think the creature design and the sound is awesome on that movie. But I might put this one just a hair above, and that's, that's my hot take. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> my second one, is this the best werewolf film of all time? I, I think that, you know, it might be. I can't think of anything better, except there's only one of the contender, and I'll say at the end. Okay. I haven't seen Van Helsing in a while, but I remember enjoying what I, that. I, I do think. like. Van I don't Helsing. think that that's better than this, though. No. Twilight. Just kidding. Um, it is the highest grossing film of Breaking all time. Breaking Dawn uh, of all time. The highest grossing <laughs> werewolf. Film. I was gonna say. Hold on. <laughs> it did is I not the something? highest grossing film of all time. That's. I did not mean to say that. It's definitely not. <laughs> Please don't hate me for that. Uh, Teen Wolf. I've never seen it. Ooh, Teen Wolf is good. Uh, I've uh, you know Friday Night. <laughs> Fright Night, baby. Does have a werewolf. I've uh, heard The Howling is good. It only grossed apparently $17 million, so not even close to the su- success oh, wow. of this one. Um, but that was similar. Rick Baker was actually on The Howling before he got recruited to oh, really? American Werewolf okay. in London. Um, the only contender, but the movie isn't for werewolves. It just includes werewolves. Okay. Harry Potter and uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Yeah. Is a better... It's film. to me, I mean, anytime you put Harry Potter well, in there, yeah. so I can't not pick film. Harry Potter. But I, yeah, I do see what you mean because I don't know if I would classify that as a werewolf film, but there is the werewolf in there mm-hmm. that, you know, Professor Lupin or Remus, yeah. you know, pretty great. Yeah. Pretty solid. But is it the best werewolf film of all time? What do you think? Um, I think an American werewolf in London is probably the best. Yeah. Like if, if an alien came to earth and they were like, hey. Show us like your best werewolf movie. Why not? I'd throw it in there. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Cause if you show them Harry Potter, about quarter <laughs> in the way and they're killing you. <laughs> this is true. So this is a pretty big one. Oh no. I know I've said it like 800 times. Okay. But I personally just, I don't think that horror movies should have as much comedic elements as this one has. Okay. Which may just be a writer director thing. However, I still enjoyed it. I yeah. think that like, you know, for a horror film to be the best horror film it could possibly be. Right. Like our top dogs, the, the films that we have in our top 10. I don't know how much comedy they have in them. Yeah. And that's just because that's I true. think comedy just takes away it, yeah. from the scare. I mean, it makes, it still can make for a good film. Obviously, this is a great film. But it, like, I just think if you pair comedy with horror, you're just losing out on more scare. But if that's your yeah. goal, then that's fine. You know what I, I mean? get that. Yeah. So. Um, I also said that the I, I love the creativity of the nightmare sequences. Obviously, they were some of my favorite scenes. They kind of just felt a little thrown in to yeah. add like an element of evil. Like I, I get that it was kind of his like pre-werewolf transition mentally, but I don't know. It just felt a little random. I respect it. Maybe the writing could have just been fleshed out a little more. Like why? Yeah. Um, which obviously doing more research on the mutant Nazis, like it makes sense. Yeah. But I was like, okay, you know, I don't know. I think that that was interesting. But have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with? Yep. So you were just talking about it, but I saw that some people said that they prefer the transformation scene in The Howling, which came out the same year. Mm. I looked it up because I've not seen The Howling personally. If you have, if you're a big fan of that one, I'm sorry because I just skipped straight to the transformation scene, <laughs> but I watched it. And it's much more bubbly, like mm. the skin kind of bubbles. And like this one, I feel like he's more like in agony. You see his like bones stretching out and the nails coming out. And the howling, it just, I'm sorry, it does not hold a candle to the transformation scene okay. in American Werewolf in London. I feel like that's a hot take. People who are saying that, I don't know. You, you got to check yourself a little bit. because like they're just wrong. Yeah, I think... <sighs> 
I can't knock him too hard, but that's a pretty hot take. I don't agree with. I personally think the one out of 10 star review that I read, <laughs> the worst film they've ever seen. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's a, that's a pretty bad. I've hot seen take. some pretty bad movies. I was going to say, they've never seen the nun then. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. That, or the grudge 20, not whatever. Yeah. I, that was not 2013. I'm an idiot because we met in like 2017. And we when, saw, that was like 2019. Maybe, yeah, 19, somewhere in there. Maybe so. I it was don't way know. later. I'm ashamed of Maybe it was like, that. was it last year? It wasn't last year. No, it was. Maybe it was 2021. <sighs> maybe. That was killing me. We'll figure I don't it know. Out. Let's just list every Stay year. Stay tuned. We're gonna, we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, did you have a hottest take of all hottest takes? I'd probably agree. I When you read that, I... I thought, like, man, you must not have seen a lot of movies if that's your least favorite movie. Yeah, of all time. you need to get out there a little bit I'm, more. That's gonna stick with me for a while. That's pretty nuts. Uh, what would be a worse name for the film title? <laughs> I already said one: uh, an American werewolf in their socks. <laughs> <laughs> that also is very on the nose. So um, that makes sense. Right. What about you? Um, I said this is so bad. I'm so sorry. An American Howl-A-Day in London. Because <laughs> he's on vacation. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that. I admit, it's not my best. I do wish Holiday was a thing now, though. Yeah. I feel like Holidays, I mean, that just fits. It should be like Maybe an October 5th it. thing. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, everyone We're, has to howl <laughs> in five minutes. <laughs> Go outside, stand on your front porch and howl. Yeah. You're kind of bonding. Uh, I put one more. Okay. It's werewolf time, baby. I love it. Right there. <laughs> there just we go. right to the point. I think it just, you know. It's wolf in time. It's wolf in t- let me <laughs> uh, Let me give you a big wolf. <laughs> All right, chill factor. Last section before the outro. Uh, what is the chill factor of the film? Which is just really the chillest of the chills. So I have specific scene. Is that where we're starting? I have a specific scene as well. Yeah. So obviously, so I, I put... One, just to say, like, transformation scene. Yeah, that's why. It takes the cake. But there's another sleeper in there that I actually really appreciated. When he is attacking the man in the subway, there's, like, that aerial shot at the top of the escalator, like, looking down, Mm. and you see it crawl out, at like, the wolf crawl out at the bottom. I thought that was a really good use of just framing, and, like, I just thought that imagery was really good. Yeah. I I really enjoyed that. I think that... That specific shot of that scene was awesome. Yeah. There was one scene, I forgot to mention this in film mistakes. It well, there's one shot of that scene. It's when he's running in the hallway. Yeah. And the werewolf's like behind him. Yeah. And then the camera turns to in front of him, the werewolf's not behind him. Oh, I yeah. Is like, I noticed that a couple of times. Like just like a weird frame. And he's thing. like catching up on him. Yeah. But then he's like running down a hallway and he, the wolf is nowhere. Yeah, it's a little while. Interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, I put David's transformation scene hands down. I yeah, think that's that the best. It just, you know, I mean, that was crazy. There's like no explanation needed on that one. It's yeah. just, that's the best scene. It's great. You got to watch it. Uh, honorable mention, I thought the suspense of the growling in the opening scene yeah, before they're attacked. I agree. That was just like, I love that. again, they hadn't seen what the werewolf looked like yet. Um, your imagination's running. You just got this pub called yep. Slaughtered Lamb telling you, beware the moon. Yeah. Great setting. Pretty chill-tacular. Very chill-tacular. <laughs> what must I say? All right. Any remaining questions? Do we recommend this film to everyone or only select audience or maybe nobody? I think if you enjoy a good 80s slasher, but in the style of an animal in London, this film's yeah, for you. That's a very specific... That's your movie, if anything. It is your film. I kind of said the same thing. I would just recommend this to anyone who's down for a good classic horror film. Yeah. You know? And honestly, this is, maybe goes into hot takes. After watching it, because I haven't seen it in so long, I was kind of like, man, I might have ranked it a little higher. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But I enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Whenever we get to some of the other episodes, we can say, yeah, you know, would sure. we have ranked it higher or not? Yeah. Um, I said it's also pretty gory. It has a bit of a shock factor to it, so viewer discretion definitely advised. Yeah, for sure. Um, some weird things in there. We already brought them up, but yeah. Nazis killing kids. Pretty big. Will this film stay in its place in our top 50 forever? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think, I mean, it depends because I'm 25 and I'm sure I'll see a lot of horror 
films, you know, in the coming years. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I could see it getting bumped out, but I did enjoy it. So if I re-ranked when I was like 50 years old, who knows? It might yeah. be in there. I was going to say, it, to me, it depends if it stays at number 50. Yeah. It's going to have a really hard time. That's true. Yeah. Staying. That would be the kicker. Th- that would just mean we'd never see a horror movie that, <laughs> that we like. That would be tragic. More to put in our top 50. So yeah. hopefully that changes. Hopefully we haven't even seen our number one yet. You know I've I mean? wondered that. That'd be pretty crazy. That would be but crazy. That would mean we have to add it in. And that would be kind of. We'll, yeah. We'll figure that out when we come to it. We'll have some honorable mentions too. Um, that wraps up. An American Werewolf in London, number 50 on our top horror movie list of all time. Uh, Like we said, I didn't mention this at the beginning. Cameron and I, to come up with this list, we both had our own individual lists. And we kind of came up with like an equation to merge our list together, which doesn't sound as complex as it is, but it it is complex because we had to also factor in films neither of us had seen. And we couldn't wait two years to watch every horror film ever made yeah. in order to really put our heads together and make a list together. So we just we combined them. It worked out. Yeah, I think that that wraps up episode one. Chamber Chills, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys like horror movies and us. And we'll do more than just horror movies, I promise. Eventually. Eventually. But yeah. for now, you'll get the countdown of the top 50. So that. All right. Till next time. Peace. Thank you.